This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, my talkers, we have made it to Tuesday afternoon. We're sitting here at 3 o'clock with Lori and Julia. We've got some tickets to give away today, a lot of Hollywood news to get to. What are we going to start with today? Well, we're going to start with the fact that tomorrow is Marjorie Johnson's birthday, and Elizabeth Reese and the Twin Cities Live crew went to her house oh. today. She's going to be 104 tomorrow. Oh, the State Fair Queen. Our Blue Ribbon Baker from the State Fair. And uh, so that's going to be on tomorrow. And she's, you know, still living at her house. Awesome. Probably not going to be at the fair this year, but uh, show that tomorrow's her actual birthday. And they came out to take something tomorrow. I love it. I know. She's so cute in her signature red. She really is. Yes. Is that on the Twin Cities Live website? It's actually Marjorie Johnson put it on her site. I love that. And everybody's there, and she's just, she's absolutely, Ben is just towering over her. I'm sure. (laughs) You could probably pick her up with one hand. I mean, I towered over her. Yeah, that's true. So (laughs) that's something. That is true. I just sent out a note to um, three of my colleagues. I started my very first job, like, Career job. I was I was twenty five or twenty six on this date on eight eight eighty eight. Ooh, and very so, lucky day. Thirty five years ago. So shout out to Lady Di, Lisa, and Steph Hansen, the you, girls. You know, August eighth is a huge astrology day. So the fact that you made lifelong friends, I have made lifelong friends on eight eight eighty eight. Yes, there's no like. Uh, Wow. The significance of 8-8, and today is August 8th, cannot ever be overlooked. Really? And yeah, because it's the Lion's Gate portal. Oh. What's that you say? What is it? It's an astrological event uh, that oh, they consider this is the best day to manifest. Like, if you really want something to happen, manifest on it, meditate write it down because it's a it's a day that's reserved for the practice of manifestation in other words a cosmic pat on the back and it's like a cosmic holiday every year really because the sun is in leo the star sirius which is the brightest star in the night sky mm-hmm. and then orion's belt and the earth they're all in simpatico and so it's the portal is open but think of it as the the galactic cosmeto- cosmic new year, if you will. <laughs> so the number eight represents wealth, luck, good vibes. When you turn eight sideways, it looks like infinity. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a very good day to be manifesting on what you want to have or be and put it out in the universe. Think big because Leo never does anything small. 
Jason's Leo. His birthday yes. was yesterday. Shout out belated birthday to you. So whether you're trying to welcome abundance in your life or you want to become a better version of yourself, this is the day this to the set day. the intentions. So, set my intentions. Now, according to mine, what the Lionsgate portal means for cancer, if there's a money matter that's being weighing with you, now is the time to address it. That's him. That would used to be a theme with you. Yeah. <laughs> Making the right financial choices for you, Julia, as a Virgo, today's Lion Gate Portal Day. Okay, what does it say? Um, align your inner spirit by doing activities that speak to your soul. Charge your crystal collection in the sun. <laughs> yeah. And whatever you decide to do, put some love in it when setting your intention. This way you'll make your dreams come true. Love it. Grant for you, a Libra, be open to meeting new people and uh, and friendships are evolving and growing. Blah, mm. blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. You know, it's funny that it's that it's a lucky day because it I is. do feel lucky. I mean, lifelong friends. Yes. Cool. From my kind of my first job and, outside of all the other jobs. And on the luckiest 8888. Yeah. You know doesn't get any more powerful than that. The and I only got my first job because the person they gave it to turned it down and wanted to work at um, on a, in a different job. And so I got a call like Friday afternoon to, that I got it after I'd interviewed and this other person got it. Yeah. And the other person turned it. you're like, okay, fine. I'm okay with second I'll, choice. I'll be there Monday. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, gosh. And in my cute Kaiser blouse from Dayton's. Okay. <laughs> in my black... Remember K A I S E R the suits? I don't. Okay, oh, I, I think. I really don't. That was a brand I think I suits. jumped right into Ann Taylor. It was before Ann Taylor. <laughs> I don't know if Ann Taylor was in in '88. Possibly Poss- not. It might have, I certainly wasn't right the corner. Any, I wasn't working. Uh, no, I had just. I by started 90, at Carlson. By '91, when I met you, or '92, yeah. uh, we both had. I we both. I had on a limited faux. For short blazer, yeah, and you had on one too. A short, and yeah, they were the crop jackets. The crop were jackets were everything. Now we are to get our maxi skirts. That's what I saw. The good old maxi skirt, but the kind, the jean shape, long maxi. They all just narrow hips. Comes back in. Everything comes back in. And on this date in 1971, 27-year-old Mick Jagger marries 26-year-old Bianca. Oh, Perez Mora Macias. <laughs> and there were so many. I was looking at a retrospective. There were so many hot pants. Oh, hot pants. <laughs> and they got yes. married at the San Tropez courthouse. Lovely. And um, do you think Jerry Hall or Bianca were kind of. Well, the his... marriage only lasted seven years because okay. he cheated on Bianca with Jerry Hall. Wow. And Mick also 1971. He and the Rolling Stones were living in France trying to get out of paying taxes, and we know that from reading Keith Richards' life. He sprang a prenup on Bianca on the morning of the wedding. Oh, that's always good form. Isn't that You're going to marry me, you love me, but right before we do it. And then when he married... Think of how furious you would be. Yeah, and she was like five months pregnant. Oh, I'd be furious. And um, French law dictates that buildings are open to anyone, so... There was all kinds of press there and everything. And Roger Vadim was there with a Jane Fonda lookalike. Who's she was Roger Vadim? The French director. 
Well, like we would know that. You'd like throw that name out. Well, and he was the movie there, people know. And he was there with his Monet Chandon. Yeah. And well, he was Viv, married. Viv he directs Jane Fonda's wife and Barbarella. Oh, which well, supposedly Sidney Sweeney is doing a remake That's of right. Barbarella. From Euphoria. Yeah. That well, there you go. We wrapped anyway, it all around. It's wrapped a it all around. Day. And I'm looking at Mick Jagger at 27. And see all I see is Harry Styles. Yeah, they look so much alike. They do. They really do. Anyway, all but right, that's here, it. Here would be my only question. Yes. Too. Okay, so you think you're so sure that Harry Styles should play him? Well, but what I don't his, know that you know that about there's any acting? plan. Well, I know, but what about the fact that his acting chops might not be up to par? Wouldn't you want the best actor to play him? No, I want the most lookalike to play <laughs> okay. him. Absolutely, right. yeah. All right. Yeah, he can want. memorize anything. He did a fine job in a small part in Dunkirk. I'm not going to... He had two lines, Lori. Okay, fine, to but... To carry a movie of Mick Jagger, your love. Yeah, well... You would give it to Harry Styles. I, 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 try, I trust Harry, All yeah. Right. They're going to have to use a lot of body makeup on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Cover does all Mick, the tattoos. Does Mick not have tattoos? No. Mm-mm. Wow! No! Wow! Yeah, you were very yeah, wow. very close to the. Remember, wow. we want the, the we want the TV show of Owen Wilson and Jennifer Coolidge, Coolidge just saying wow, wow. to each other back and forth. Oh wow! wow. I think you wow. should have that on our sign sound bar. <laughs> wow! Grant, wow. I'll find one. Be funny. I'll get one. I'll write it down. I'll get a wow for us. I get a wow. All oh, right. Wow. Uh, listen, we come back. It's our story. We can't get enough of. Lori and Julia here for First Equity Mortgage. And the team, they've got uh, challenging days in the mortgage world. Finding a place, getting uh, your ducks in a row. Like I asked David when I saw him last week, I said, are people still doing that? He said, I said, you know, the thing where you have a house and he was the bridge loan. I'm like, yes, the bridge loan is brilliant because that is where, so you don't have to feel pressure to sell your own house, to get another house. Yeah, that's right. That you can find the one that you want and not have that. It's a short term loan. I'm going to help you with this. It's called the bridge loan. Thank you. And it's something if you want to buy a new house, but you're not ready to deal with buying and selling at the same time. That's exactly I'm going right. to go look at houses, but keep mine clean every day. That's a lot of stress. The bridge loan is a perfect thing for a lot of people in that situation. Dave said people are always surprised. Like He said, why would you know about it? You wouldn't know yeah. about it, but we're mm-hmm. taking you to the bridge. That's right. With First you. Equity. Mm-hmm. Call them or keyword David at my talk. Hey, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Well, our August, or it's actually the September issue of Vandy Fair came out today. Grant posted the cover, Riley Keough, uh, Lisa Marie's daughter, Elvis's granddaughter, the star of Daisy Jones and the Six, is the cover. cover. And it is an epic, epic, really great interview. And we find out so many Things that she talks about. I agree. And it was conducted before the strikes. It probably happened, you know, maybe three months ago. Sure. Is what I'm thinking. The the editor of Vanity Fair, Radhika, she loves monotone covers. Riley is on the cover on a on a Why br- does it matter to you that it was done before the strike? Because I feel like because some of the healing in here was done more recently, maybe a month ago. You really mm-hmm. think it's three months out? No actor. She is not she's but not, she's not promoting anything here. Doesn't matter. They don't they they are sure to point that out that the interview and besides, we already know right. the, how far out these magazines yeah. work. It's a three to four month thing. That's just uh so anyway, but the cover, I mean, she's kind of slouched down. She's 
She's so pretty, but um, she talks about so much about growing up Presley, losing Lisa Marie, inheriting Graceland, which in May we knew that she was going to be the, yeah. the the trustee, but we didn't know what was going to happen Like with her two stepsisters, their yes. portion, which yes. we just found out. We find out she named her daughter, which she had by surrogate. because apparently- See, that to me was a big thing because we hadn't seen her for a while. Yeah, we and hadn't seen her I for thought like a she- year. I thought she was pregnant. Same, but she had Lyme disease, and it really compromises your autoimmune system. And we've heard this with other people who've, you yeah. know, I swear in a book I feel, we just read. I, it seems <laughs> like it should be old, like, hunters and farmers who have Lyme disease. I There's know. so many Hollywood people that have it, but whatever. She had it. It's she, people who aren't familiar with the woods who go in it. Maybe, but uh, the daughter, we never knew her daughter's name, and she named her Tupelo Storm Smith Peterson. And Tupelo, of course, is where Elvis was born, was born. in Tupelo, yeah. Mississippi. You can go there. My mm-hmm. mom and I rallied. You just rock it down some highway for about an hour and a half to get to Tupelo. Did you guys really go there? Yes. Oh, <laughs> we had to gosh. see. We went to the shotgun shack. We went to the church that Elvis, oh, you know, sang in. Yeah, cool. The department store on Main Street. Oh, it's, my gosh. Oh, we weren't going to I Memphis without going to Tupelo. Storm is her brother Benjamin's middle name. Okay. And Smith Peterson is her husband's name. He's got He's a high So we find out Tupelo, but within a three-year period, COVID, Riley lost her brother to suicide. She lost her mother. She became a mother, and then she becomes the sole trustee of Grayson. One of the things that I never really thought about, and the reporter asked her about living in Neverland. I love this. When they were married. I love this. Her mom was married to Michael Jackson. And Riley said, my whole childhood was probably very extreme. In hindsight, I can see how crazy these things would be to somebody from the outside. But when you're living in them, it's just your life and your family. You remember the love, and I had real love for Michael. The reporter points out to Kylie, or Riley, the surreal fact that she is now called both Graceland and Neverland a home. Yeah, crazy. And she said... um, I spent more time at Neverland than Graceland. That was a real home, whereas Graceland was a museum always in my lifetime. So I didn't have the family memories her mom had. And um, she said, you know, of course, Tupelo, her daughter, named after. And she didn't really think that that many people connected Tupelo with Elvis. Oh, I absolutely love that name. Isn't and it? then other people online were connecting it to Van Morrison, yeah, Tupelo, Tupelo Honey, Honey, which mm-hmm. is a great song. Mm-hmm. And on Priscilla challenging Lisa Marie's will, she said, when my mom passed, there was a lot of chaos in every aspect of her life. Everything felt like the carpet had been ripped out in the... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Florida melted from under of us. Everyone was in a bit of a panic, and it just took a minute to understand the details because it's so complicated. We are a family, but there's also a huge business side of our family. So I think that there was clarity that needed to be had. Things with grandma will be happy. They've never not been happy. Okay. And when she last saw her mother, it was at a party for Elvis a day after the Golden Globes. And it was at that Chinese restaurant that, that we, we went, went to, to. in uh, West Formosa. Yeah. And cafe. And she said, we had dinner. And I remember thinking how beautiful she looked. And that's my strongest memory of that night. She just was, looked so pretty, beautiful and happy. Mm. And she also said uh, that she has a really tight friendship with Dakota Johnson because Dakota has in common with Riley the fact that uber famous family. Yep. And uh, I guess Mel- Melanie Griffiths and Lisa Marie were friends. They oh. loved to smoke and talk, and sure, the girls I would just smoke. See them. And sometimes <laughs> Melanie would call up Lisa Marie and say, "Well, Mel- Dakota's going to be with you like for four or five days, or it'd be the other way around." Right. They just had this instant kinship oh. because of the fame, the commonalities of their childhood, yeah. how they grew up. You know, they both Don had, Johnson and Melanie Griffith and for Tippi Dakota. Hedren is her grandmother. Yes. And, you know, Elvis is O'Reilly's uh, yeah. grandfather. So it's just, it's really Vanity Fair didn't put the whole thing online. Um, uh, but she fell for Ben Smith Peterson in 2013. And she said, I just knew we were going to have kids. They don't really, talk about specifically that i mean they talk about because she's made a film i think she's directed one movie okay and she wants to do that and uh remember when we saw her in the showtime show girlfriend yes all those years ago and she never talks about scientology but she says i was my upbringing was very different it was very no schedule okay which is scientology sometimes we go to school sometimes we didn't that was what I was used to. So well, I. What's that all about? Well, because Scientologists believe that you're you're in little, charge. You're a, you're a fully formed adult by the age six. Basically, basically when, when you're you born. Out of the womb. Oh Jesus! Yeah, but there's I, no boundaries. I kind of liked her. I mean, and that is so. So true. she's not saying anything no. about Scientology, but she's letting us know that. Yeah, very right. There was no. Um, that schooling. And I this. loved kind of this that she has a very hard work ethic and she didn't get it from her mom or dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, right. I said not from anyone my from my family. They didn't work too hard. Right, right. I thought no. that was funny. I know. It, was. it just Well, it, it was nice to hear her talk and sound like she's doing okay. Yeah. You know? And I've heard the rumor is that the, uh, the only people in the family that are happy about the Priscilla movie is Priscilla. Oh, there you go. Stay oh. tuned. Stay right. tuned, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, Grant, and what's happening? thanks for posting that cover. Yeah, no problem. Lori and Julia here with Ann Tressler of Tressler Law. Here's an interesting question from one of our listeners, Ann. She wants to know, can I stop my spouse from divorcing me? Well, the simple answer is no. 
Because we're a no-fault divorce state and you don't need a reason for a divorce, if one party wants a divorce and the other does not, the divorce will move forward. Unfortunately, these are things that you have to deal with, and that's when sometimes we're dealing with the emotional aspect. We have a lot of clients where we have to work through that to get to the point where they're understanding and engaged to get to a good settlement and accept what's going to happen. Since she didn't want the divorce, can she make her spouse pay her attorney's fees? Not necessarily. The basis to ask for the other party to pay your attorney's fees is legally under need-based or conduct-based, and both are established on a case-by-case basis. Boy, there's a lot of details with a divorce. And so this is why you should go see Ann Tressler. For a free one-hour divorce consultation, go to TresslerLaw.com or use my talk keyword, divorce. We have another edition of the Low J Book Club, and uh, longtime fans of the show know that we love our historical fiction. We're delighted to be talking to New York Times bestselling author. We talked to her last summer for her incredible book, The Librarian Spy. Her latest book came out a week ago, The Keeper of Hidden Books. Hi, Madeline. Hi, Madeline. Hi, Lauren. Lori and Julia. It's so great to be back again. Thank you for having me. Oh, Absolutely. my gosh. How, you know what? You are catching up with Kate Quinn in the historical fiction department, finding oh. amazing stories. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Oh, I love mm-hmm. I love this book. I love the story of friendship, even though it's set in the time of World War II. If you could give people the setup and then we can get into it. Yeah, this is um, basically the story of um, two best friends set in Warsaw during World War II um, in Poland during the Nazi occupation. Um, one is Jewish, one is Polish. And, um, and this really honestly was inspired by these incredible journals that I found by Warsaw's public librarians about their efforts during the Nazi occupation to save books from looting and destruction and even running um, private, like, secret libraries when all the libraries were supposed to be completely shut down per Nazi uh, rule. It's something, I mean, it's the book is so rich and so great and wonderful, but like you said, you you come across these notebooks, and it's something, you know, we've never had, you know, war on our land or anything, so I can't even imagine when these two young women all the things that are going on around them and then they're like mission the life to save overnight overnight and then oh absolutely and all the things you have to save to save your culture and to save your history yes absolutely um you know i mean so it was interesting because i always research just way more than world war ii when i research a new country so i read like you know i go through do the political economic and social history of that country and you know they've been occupied by russia for over 120 years they didn't, um, Poland didn't actually have its independence until after the Treaty of Versailles was signed in 19, after the First World War. Mm-hmm. They had only just celebrated 20 years of independence when the Nazis occupied their country. And even after that, they were under Soviet control until 1990. So, I mean, oh. this, they really were born in this small little bubble of freedom. And they, had, they were one of the few generations that had lived in Poland that had ever known a true and complete freedom like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it really was absolutely devastating for them when, when the Nazi occupation swept in. And really, yes, like you said, it completely changed their lives overnight. Yeah, and, and you know, I guess I forget or I have forgotten in the history of World War II, I, I don't really forget like how truly heinous the Nazis were, but I forget yeah. how specifically targeted Polish people were. Yes, and I think a lot of people do forget that. And um, and that was kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to write this book. One was to 
you know, just to, to make sure everybody always remembers um, not only the horrible treatment of the Polish civilians, but also the, the Polish Jewish civilians. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but, you know, really with all the atrocities and all the horrible things, the main thing that I really do try to highlight with this book are, are not necessarily like the atrocities as much because we all know mm-hmm. them, but really the people who worked so hard to help others who worked, who did what they could to inspire hope, sometimes even at the expense of their own lives. These incredibly brave men and women who sacrificed so much to give their people life and to give their people hope. And that really ultimately is, is really like one of the biggest goals with this book. And, and one of my major points when I was making, when I was making up, you know, coming up with this idea that I wanted to really drive home. And and that's one of the, you know, dangerous things that I I think really makes people so upset when people casually try and do that the Nazis weren't that bad or that it wasn't really real. Right. Because one of the things that they were chillingly evil and good at is the declaration of demeaning people by taking away culture music, yeah. who you are, what you, I mean, everything of your science, right. anything that, I mean, it, it just, it's chilling how good they were at that. And we can never, ever, ever forget that. Absolutely. I mean, even in Poland, um, Jewish children were not allowed to go to school at all. And Polish children were only able to go to school up to fourth grade. They were only able to count up to a certain number. I think it was 100. Um, and they were only allowed to know as much German as they could um, to be able to take orders. Um, aside from that, they were not allowed to be in school. Yeah. And so the, the Polish resistance had this amazing underground network where they actually had um, schools for children. By the end of the war, they had over a million schools. And this really? was from elementary school all the way through graduate programs in college. Isn't that amazing? The one of the things Absolutely that, incredible. If you're just joining us, we're with Madeline Martin, New York Times bestselling author. Her latest is The Keeper of Hidden Books. You maybe have read The Last Bookshop of London or The Librarian Spy, which are both fabulous. Fabulous. And your research that you do, I think, Madeline, it just, you feel it when you're reading the pages. And I think the one thing that struck me is how young, you know, the two women are in, in the book and and how shocking it would be on, like, the first week of occupation to be punched in the face mm-hmm. by a Nazi soldier for saying just something, you know? Yeah. I just, right. the physicality in, of what to young girls, I mean, it just, just blew me away. Absolutely. And, you know, there were, there were more, there were darker topics that I didn't yeah, delve sure. into. Um you know, but but yes, women, young women, especially young, attractive women, were very much um, the target of a lot of Nazi attention in an incredibly negative way. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was really I mean, just nobody was safe. Absolutely. Nobody, right. That's nobody. right. Right. And and speaking up at that just. Well, and also yeah. the fact that the story is, you know, as as. You know, Julia and I and anyone who listens to her show, you know, we love books. And in the darkest of times or in the happiest times, but everyone who loves reading knows it's such a fun escape. Absolutely. The fact that, you know, these women and they're passionate about different books. Uh, H.G. Wells, Gone with the Wind comes up. You know, it's that part was was just such a wonderful um, story, I guess, to discover that that really happened. And that book clubs have yeah. been around. Yeah. 
Yes, you know, the, you know, it's funny because um, when I was thinking of Zofia's character, our main protagonist, I was thinking, okay, well, obviously, after like her so many generations of fighting for independence, I think she's going to be a really rebellious person, really fiery. And then, of course, she's a book lover because I love <laughs> writing about book lovers because mm-hmm. books are such a ubiquitous part of my own personal life. And I thought, what would a rebellious book lover do? And I thought. She would read all the books that Hitler was banning in Germany. Yeah. And really, what better way to read books than with your friends? And that's where the idea for the Secret Book Club really came from. Oh, it's such a good book. How long did it take you to Thank research you. this book? Oh, man. It was um, it was 10 months of very, very hard research. Um, I, I had over 100 nonfiction books that I used. Wow. I went to Warsaw for two weeks. Um, at the end of it, I had over 15 spiral-bound notebooks that were completely filled with handwritten notes. Wow, that's unbelievable! And you can, and, you, and then <laughs> that you can just craft like this really, really great uh, story, which I know always sounds weird when you're talking about something that happens happened during yeah. World War II. But right. the book is hopeful, and it gives you, it makes you realize, you know, how people will stand up, and also calling out to people, humanity, when they look away. Right. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And they also wanted people to kind of take away this this sense of appreciating those every little day moments in mm-hmm. life that are so easy to overlook and mm-hmm. take for granted to maybe just kind of objectively stand back from time to time and appreciate those. It's and I love the name I, Zosha. I know it. I Is, know. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Zosha? Uh, I think it's, you know, honestly, I don't 100% know. Okay. I'm waiting for my audiobook to come out so I can listen and see how she says it. Because Saskia Marlowe I think it's I think it's Zosha. <laughs> Zosha? I think it's Zosha. Okay. And the, the other thing that's come up, which is kind of odd, is like there are like these top travel places that are still affordable, oh, yet you're never go, going to. And Warsaw was one we were kind of talking about because we have a colleague who went there a few years ago. Tell us about that whole experience. Warsaw is really incredible. So when the Nazis left, when they were ousted um, after the Soviets came in, their ultimate goal was really to destroy the city. It had already been really assaulted in September 1939. Not all of it was rebuilt. And then during the Warsaw Uprising, it had even more of an attack on it. But when the Nazis left, they tried to destroy main buildings. So it would be like the palace, libraries, universities. They drilled holes into these buildings and put dynamite in and blew them up oh. as they were leaving. So 85% of Warsaw was completely destroyed. Wow. So when they came back in, yeah. So when they decided to rebuild Warsaw, um, they actually took these the giant chunks of rubble that they could find and they built new around it. So when you go to Warsaw, you'll walk by a building and you'll see one chunk of it that might be still pockmarked with bullets and darker than the rest of the building. And then it's all new construction around it. And they almost did like a citywide jigsaw puzzle to rebuild Warsaw and getting to go there and getting to see that and the love and care that was put into rebuilding this city. That really was a city of celebrated learning and art and culture. It, it really, truly is incredible. I oh, I want to go. No, yeah. I saw yeah. this. And I'm like, because yeah. if everything is overpopulated it, it, it and kind of priced make, out, it, it sounds make one of the lists as one of Europe's most. Yes. Uh, like that, like you could go there on a hundred dollars a day. Yes. I mean, uh, what, say, what just kind of it's an affordable place to travel to that has it Europe, is, absolutely and, and has a lot of history. Absolutely. Oh, so much history. I stayed in Old Town and it was I stayed in this cool two bedroom Airbnb, which was like right downtown. 
and it was like a hundred dollars a night. Yep. That's what um, we heard. Taxis were like five dollars. Um, no matter whatever we took, it was like five dollars. Mm-hmm. And when I did it, I, I'm such a history nerd. So whenever I go to a new place in Europe, I always do a search for museums that are near me. Yeah. And within a one mile radius, there was probably like 15 different museums that I could just walk to that were less than a mile away. And it was like, yeah, you know, he, heaven he, for me. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I was you had to be just in heaven. Now, did you make an accidental? Absolutely discovery on this research for the keeper of hidden books that has led you to your next book i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Um, no, no, but I do have my next book that I'm working on frantically for my deadline right now. And that one is also still about books. It's called The Book Lover's Library. Okay. And this one is going to be set in Nottingham, England. Oh. And um, for, for people who loved The Last Bookshop in London, yes. there will be a little bit of time where they went to London, where she goes to London, and there might or might not be a cameo. Ooh, <laughs> oh, fine. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you, you know, what a treat. Madeline Martin, the book is The Keeper of Hidden Books. Before we let you go, we have to ask you, Madeline, what's the last, if you have time with your kids and everything going on, great book that you read. Um, Besides you know, your book. I just, <laughs> Thank you. I just finished um, actually reading Starring Adela Stare by Eliza Knight. Um, I actually read it the second time because I'd read it while she was writing it, and then I've read it like again after like it's come out and everything. Oh, it's so good. So it's actually about Adela Stare, who is Fred Astaire's sister, which most people don't even know that Fred had a sister, but she was actually more popular during that time period of like when they were really huge than Fred was. Oh, and wow. it's just, it's such a well-written book. It's, it's absolutely, I couldn't recommend it more. I love it. That oh, sounds fun. right up our alley, Madeline. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations to you on another um, winner. And, and just, we love books and yeah, we're so happy to have you. You're a great storyteller. And I, the friendship between the girls, just, that was just everything. And we love Kathleen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yes, Kathleen's amazing. <laughs> She's amazing. It's it's interesting because yeah, Kathleen, yeah. The publicist, Kathleen Carter, <laughs> so many of you guys who she works with always, always give her such a big shout out in your her books. Yeah. Because she's such a champion. I mean, that's really, that's just really fun to read because she's so wonderful. She really absolutely is. I'm very grateful to be working with her. And I'm so grateful to have gotten the opportunity to speak with you ladies again. Thank oh. you so much again for having me. Oh, well, oh we'll man. We'll talk to you next year. Thank you for your time. Good. Oh, gosh. All right. The keeper, thank you. The Keeper of Hidden thank Books, you. we've got two copies to give away. Give us a buzz. If you haven't won one in a while. Mm-hmm. I picked the Barbara Streisand song. That's my favorite Barbara Streisand song. Stony Edge. Hal Blaine on the drums there. And I remember the cover because uh, I think m- my parents had the album. Yeah. I-, I feel like she's in a big sweater uh, on a beach with a fire, like a Malibu scene or something. Like she's walking on a beach in just a big sweater she's, with her she's legs. She's in the red back of a red pickup truck. Yeah, it, it's just like he wanted to be her. That, that I always wanted to be her. Yeah, well, I, I always wanted to be her. That was the only time I really I was like, yes. And then I guess the star is born, but. 
Barbara Streisand, we have some news, Julia. First of all, shout out to Elizabeth and Peggy. Oh, they were winners. So you guys are going to love this book. Yeah. And you know what I do with my books is I write a one-sentence review, and then I pass them along. Mm -hmm. I star it. Yeah, I just write I what I Julia think of it, and then star. I just I pass it along. I just uh, I would I would have I would be living in a house where the books would be falling out of the window. Well, that's what I have right now. Yeah, um, it's just and I feel like I've di- let I, some go, but there's still. But it some... feels very good because you're sharing the love of a good oh, story. I pass you know? my books around to yeah. everyone, but I do make some of them come back. Yeah, I know. I've, I've even stopped I've doing memories. that. I'm just like, Whoa. I know. I don't know why I have book mag. Yeah, I, I, I get just, it. I well, think, this is a book. They remind you, me of points in time like music. There you it's go. It's crazy. Well, you can. Here's the deal. Okay. With My Name is Barbara. The yes. Barbara Streisand memoir. memoir. And it, we have a date, November 7th. Mm-hmm. And you know the two weeks leading up to that date, there will be a People magazine cover. There will be a 60 Minutes profile. Mm-hmm. Which of the morning shows will get it? I don't know. It'd be fun if late night talk shows were back and she sat down with Jimmy Kimmel. It'd Absolutely. Be funny. And, and when it was announced in February, Penguin said it was going to be 1,040 pages. And we thought, okay, photos, yes. a big index in the back so everyone could look up their names. Well, she's she's going to dish. She has such a life. I yeah, mean, John does. Johnson, Andre Agassi, John Peters, Elliot Gould. I mean, the list goes on and on. Robert Redford. Everybody's assistants are going to be ready to go. So, but now. They never, they, they never had anything else to. Who? Bob and. Robert, yes. Yeah. But never, she wanted to. She wanted to. But so we'll see. Does she write about that? Okay. You know, the sting of that. Yeah. How did the chemistry, unbelievable chemistry, and he kept her at. Bay and now yes, she realizes did. it was for the best. Yes. It was better she didn't screw him. Yes. I hope she tells us that story. Okay. So anyway, Amazon and Barnes and Noble, they've put it out today that my name is Barbara is coming out and it's nine hundred and ninety two pages, Julia. Well I want to know what happened to the forty eight pages, okay? Was the index cut? Was there right. legal vetting that caused a little condensation and they took out names? What was in the missing pages? We'll never know. I'm just seeing how many pages. We'll the- never know. And it is the it is forty seven dollars. Oh yeah, this book. Mm-hmm. And Pen Penguin can't take any chances because they they just fired hundreds of legacy employees after taking a two hundred million dollar charge on their failed takeover of Simon and Schuster. Remember the the courts yes, ruled you it. cannot. Yep. You cannot gobble each other up because Penguin is one of the big five and so is Simon & Schuster. And Simon & Schuster just got sold today by Paramount, which was used to be CBS Viacom, to an independent, uh, an equities firm. But a judge, you know, said no, one of the big five publishing can't gobble up one of the other. They lost $200 million on that gamble. Mm. Oh. And they've let go of a lot of people. So if you're working with someone at Penguin and they're not there anymore, I'm just saying oh. it's been a bloodbath over there. And they spent a lot of money for the Barbara Streisand book. And when these legal vetting things, you can only imagine the legal team that's worked on Barbara's um Stories, book. Yeah, yeah. book. Yeah. Unless she's giving everyone, you know, the names of 
you know, fruits and vegetables or something. And not, <laughs> no, I, I doubt I, it. I don't see what would be the point at this point because it, she's a witty storyteller and she has stories to tell. And I can't wait to hear about the studio head meetings, the sexist BS she stood up to, her well, casting couch experience. And how she didn't, you know, she was one of the first female directors of yes. a movie, the one with Nicolas Cage. And um, guys who dumped her because they couldn't take the, being Mrs. Barbara Streisand. And Yentl wasn't made forever oh, because yeah. they didn't think it she's would. A, she's a trailblazer, man. She was, she had, she had. Yeah, so. I, 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 I love listening to you talk about Barbara Grant. I can't yeah. even tell I you. I know. This has been a long he time never, coming. You know, yeah, <laughs> you and your Barbara. Yeah, a little dust. Go, bring out the dust and get the her, music going. It's, it's her. It's, it's, I have Elvis. She is Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. But I am genuinely excited, and I always have been genuinely excited about Barbara Streisand, especially her love life. She had a great it's love It's been life. an endless source of yep, fascination. Yeah. Great love life. And also, I am a fan of her movies and oh, and you know some of her music i can't take it like i Yanto? could never Papa i could King. never listen to more than like 15 minutes of barbara oh. streisand you know if you're in a mood she just takes you there dusting I yeah dusting no i mean oh. just like it's okay a, so the book i just yeah, finished the okay. covenant of water by yes. abraham vergesi mm-hmm. um it's that was 724 pages and if people want to do the audible comparison, yeah. that's 31 hours wow. of listening. Yeah, well, you're going to have so to go if on you a trip. 200 more pages, <laughs> right. that would be like, I, I want to read Barbara's, I feel like. Yeah, I want to read so. it. Because I, I want to see the although, pictures. Although, what if Barbara is telling you her story in her words? I'd probably do both with her. Yeah, I love I her. It. I know it. James Cameron, by the way, was up in Duluth at the Boat Club restaurant. The owner posted about it on Facebook. Cool. That's at Fitgers. Yeah. Scouting movie. He told them, add another name to the celebrity Boat Club restaurant diners. James Cameron died with us tonight. He's visiting his friend Jessica Lang. You know, she's got a cabin in Cloquet. And checking out possible movie locations. He loved her clam chowder. Said it was the best he's had since Sundance. <laughs> I love that. So you just know that's a for real thing. Yeah. Thank you, Dan Jensen, for alerting us to that. Like, I just love that he verbatim the compliment. This is the best Sundance I, or chowder I've had since Sundance. <laughs> it's a magical city and a great place to film a movie, I would think. No, it's a magical city. It is. It really is. All right, we'll be back.